Hello and welcome to day 8 of the December specials that I'm bringing you 10 minutes every day to give you your outdoors fix every single day across December. Today I'm going to bring 10 minutes of an interview that I did with Johnny Walker who is a mountain leader based in Scotland and has some fantastic and inspirational stories from all corners of the globe. Enjoy the next 10 minutes. So you've had your mountain leading business for a number of years now. I'd imagine there's been some challenges and some successes over those years. Can you sort yeah. of p- pick out a couple of days where it sticks in your mind as something that's been incredibly challenging for you? Uh, and then on the flip side, a day where you really had such a, uh, a, a it's been a breeze, put it that way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, I do, I do quite a, a broad spectrum of stuff, you know, um, I almost liken some of it to tour guiding these days, you know, where I'm taking people around Sky, but we're not doing the cooling, you know, we're doing more uh, more easy, you know, walking through glens and what have you. And sometimes sure. it, it feels a bit, I wouldn't say boring, that's the wrong word, but it, it's certainly not as physically challenging as I was used to. I think I realised as I approached my 60s that that probably isn't a bad thing, you know, as I, as I go forward, you know, that having that, that in my in my armory it'll be it'll be good to keep me employed as I go forward um but sometimes it, you know some of the clients can be quite quite demanding at that sort of end of the market you know they're more they're more expecting a comfortable time and you can't always take the average they tend to be American as well right, <laughs> you okay. can't you can't take the average American who are used to walking on even the the most groomed of footpaths, you know, yeah. over a, yeah. a rocky path on Sky, you know, it, it can be quite challenging. Yeah. Um, and and you know, in some of the greater ranges, you know, dealing with altitude and and dealing dealing with people mm. is a challenge, you know. And I realised through my retail career, I was good at dealing with people. You have to mm. be. Um, and it goes sort of a little bit further on. You know, you've got the classic where you're approaching a summit and things are getting pretty hairy and you decide that actually it's not safe to continue yeah and you turn around you know i had a particular one on elbrus and you know i turned turned the party around and one particular guy was just not happy at all it's such a challenging and decision it's a challenging it, it, decision when you're on your own let alone making yeah. it for other people it is and i think i think you have to be very confident in your in in your judgment in that respect you know mm-hmm. and I, and i certainly i can recall if i look back in my log very much in the early days one or two situations where i was on me on Antiamakan once where i felt it was a bit avalanche prone and mm-hmm. we were going up toward the summit and and the group were keen to make the top you know and i just thought no this is not safe and mm-hmm. and i allowed them to convince me to continue maybe right. 50 50 meters further than I should have done. Yeah. And I thought, well, we'll go to that island of safety, that island of safety, you know, it's terms for avalanches. And um, yeah. and I just thought, I just don't think this is right. And then just mm. in front of us, a bit released, you know, and I was wow. able to go, you see, you see? know, yeah. can we go down now? <laughs> you know, in my logbook, it said, you know, don't allow the clients to push you. You know, yeah. you must make those decisions. Yeah. And that particular time on Elbrus, you know, as we descended, once you got in the lee of the wind and it's beautiful blue skies, okay, it's about minus 30 wind chill. But, yeah. you know, you're looking up at the spin drift and I know, and, the, and the, my Russian colleague knows that it's, you know, that's probably 300 metres high plume of spin drift. It's like, you know, wow. impossible for movement up there. Yeah. But these guys don't have that 
that that in their reference point, you know. And so there's, oh, you yeah. turn us back for just ease it. No, you know, there was no way we were getting up there, you know. I suppose it's difficult because because the, the, they're paying you as well, aren't they? So they're yeah. paying you to get to the top and to make that decision oh, yeah. for them. Yeah, and, and the actual the actual heated conversation we had because you got to remember people are hypoxic, they're tired, you know, yeah. and the yeah. emotions are very high. Yeah. And his words were, and I won't put in the uh, swear words. He was a big burly guy from Glasgow, you know. Was you know, yeah. I paid you to get me to the top of this mountain, and I says, wow. no, you paid me to get you down alive. Yes, and, absolutely and, and, and right and, answer. Yeah, absolutely, and that was the the argument. And you know, and as it continued over a beer down yeah. at the bottom and got more heated, and I was saying, you don't think I get paid enough money to risk my life up there, do you? You know, I'll take you up there when I th- believe it's safe to do so. You know, wow. And it's one of those mad things, you know. I. You know, I'd been up Elbrus, Elbrus three times before, yeah. which is fairly experienced in that sort of you know neck of the woods, as it were. But yeah. my Russian colleague had been up nearly two hundred times. Oh wow! And yet, and yet, a guy from Glasgow is saying, "Well, actually, I think we should be continuing." When you uh-huh. know, yeah, you've got all that experience around you. Yeah, I think exactly. How, was he a fairly experienced walker, or was he? No, no, no. he's the probably way you know fit. What what we get? I've got to be careful here because I might lose myself some customers, but. <laughs> These days, we get an awful lot of very fit people yes. who do a lot of marathon running, a lot of adventure racing, a lot of, you know, lightweight stuff. Yeah. But very rarely we get under-equipped people. You know, they have they have bits and bobs that aren't right. But these days, people spend the money. They've yeah. got the reference points on, on YouTube and the internet. But what they haven't got, what people don't seem to be prepared to do is spend time building the experience these days. Mm. And mm. so what they've got is their buying experience. Now I get that. Yeah. That's my job, you know. Um, and you know, but but there's only a certain amount you can circumnavigate, you know. Yeah. And, and you only need to make the same you only make, make, make the the mistake once, don't yeah. you? I mean, I'm just pin, I mean, obviously I've made tons over the years, but just pinpointing one that really sticks in my mind. And I remember walking back down and thinking, I'm never going to make that mistake again. And it was a yeah. fairly similar similar experience. It wasn't on Elbrus, it was on um, Helvellyn. And I was coming up from, uh, not the Glenmeadian side, Thelmere side. Yeah. And uh, I was walking up past, I was getting towards Brown Cove Crags. So I knew there was a fairly steep drop off to my left and the wind speeds were getting too high for me to be comfortable walking. Yeah. And I pushed it and I pushed it and I pushed it. I was on my own and I pushed it too far uh, uh, to the point where the wind picked me up and blew me towards these crags. A good mm. couple of feet, mm. more than a couple of feet. It felt like at the time, felt like I was going to be blowing over, going over forever. Mm. Anyway, you sit there and you dust yourself off and you think, why have I pushed it this far? Yeah. You know, that, that genuinely could have been the end of me. And you think, oh, yeah. and you're walking down and you're thinking, I will never make that mistake again. Yeah, but it only true. comes from experience, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, a, a, a fellow guide of mine, Richard, who's, who's extremely experienced, you know, as, as I said, I got into this really in my 30s. Richard did it straight from school. And he and I were on Malundi with a group, you know, in a big group. And it makes a big group because we take max six usually on the mountains. So I don't think we've got 12, we've got 10 customers. Then we approach the top of Malundi, a big flat top mountain. Mm. And the wind hit us there and this storm that we knew was coming, but we didn't think, it, you know, we were doing each stage of the mountain, you know, one bit at a time. And we thought, well, we've only got like 15 minutes and we'll be up and down. And it hit us. 
And then rather than any level of build-up, it just hit us. And oh. we've got people flat on the floor, guys <laughs> like jarred backs, bleeding oh, no. noses where they'd hit the floor, broken glasses. And we oh. literally had to drag them off the mountain. Yeah. And the pair of us, with combined experience of probably <laughs> 40 years on the mountain, we, we, we drove back to Steve's and we, we said, well, we need a bit of a post-mortem here. Mm. You know, we made a big cock up. And we reviewed all our decision-making. And no, I think we'd have done the same again. And, and the clients were fine. You know, they were wide-eyed, but they were like, yeah. Yeah, geez. Sometimes it just goes a bit against you. And you, but, but you've got to try and, you know, we got them off and we did it right. But you mm. just sort of, you still question yourself. And I think that's what keeps us alive, isn't it? Is yeah, definitely. Making those questions. I had a guy um, quite recently in, in, in early November go hypothermic on me on Cantool. Oh. Now that... I've had close to hypothermia a good few times, not no good few times, where you can tell people are getting cold, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and people don't manage themselves very well. You know, that course I've just had, I said to them, look, you're all here to wave axes around and do all this stuff. I said, but what you'll learn the most is personal management, mm. how to stay warm, how to stay dry. Your own how to stay cold. Yeah. And, and you've got to go through it, you know, so we had the cold fingers, you know, all the usual stuff. Well, this guy had been out with me a good few times before and in winter as well. And mm. so, when he when he appeared with another regular client of mine, I was like, "Hi, love to see you." You know, and he's got all his you know good quality boots and Patagonia yeah, gear and everything. I had no reason to question, you know, what 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 his preparation had been. And mm. to cut a very long story short, he hadn't eaten anything like enough to start the day. Right, okay. He didn't eat anything like enough going. He didn't drink enough, mm. and he didn't get his layers on quickly enough. Mm. And, and when I almost forced the issue, we're just on the fourth summit of Cantool, so what, fourth ice mountain in the UK, probably 40 mm -hmm. mile an hour wind. It was pretty aggressive. Mm -hmm. Too much to get a survival shelter out. You know, we're right on the edge. And I said, look, get another layer on. You haven't got another layer. Mm. Like, what do you mean you haven't got another layer? You know, oh, well, I don't normally need, you know. And, wow. and that sort of conversation continued. Right, get some gloves on. I turned into my rucksack, came back with my spare gloves, and I realized he'd gone completely non non responsive. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And and it happened, you know, from from him being behind me, perfectly fine, going yeah. along. I bet it wasn't three minutes. And it was the most disconcerting situation. Again, to mm. cut a long story short, rather than go through the conventional way of, you know, because obviously you've got a chance of cardiac arrest, you've got all sorts. Mm. You know, he couldn't I tried to get food into him, he couldn't even eat, he couldn't move oh, his wow. mouth. Really choking. It was it was really, really scary. Mm. And and Richard and I just decided look, we need to just get him down, get him moving. Mm. And I tell you what, he came round almost as quickly as he went back because we <laughs> got the heat into him. So thank you for listening to this uh, minisode, we shall call it. Uh, just a shorter version of the full episode that was released earlier in the year. If you like what you hear, then all of the episodes are still available. Go back on your chosen app and scroll through and dig and delve into the world of the Outdoors Adventure podcast and listen to any of the full episodes that you like the sound of. Thank you for listening, not just to this episode, for the, but for the entire year. It's been an absolute pleasure doing this podcast, and I hope you're enjoying the shorter episodes this month. I would love it if you would rate or review the podcast on your chosen app too. It does wonders to spread the word of the podcast and get it a bit more ooh, well-known and a bit of a wider listener base. See you next time.